The Rogue Defenders, Part 1. Hello, and welcome to a story that takes place in our present, but foretells the future. If you knew what would happen in the future, would you change it? If you could, at least half the world's population has superhuman abilities in the present day, and the rest of the population is normal. Of course, as you imagine, some individuals who have powers use them for good and the others for bad. Villains only think in chaos, and a hero will always inspire hope. There is a government division that monitors people with abilities. They call themselves the SPI, or Superpowered Investigations. They handle superpowered events and keep the heroes and villains in line. And from start no revolution, they're the ones that answer the hard questions. Like is a villain truly evil? Is a hero truly good? What makes a good guy tick and a bad guy have remorse? Let's tune in and find out. We start this story in a quiet football town of Tennessee. We see a large building and inside on the second floor is a call center where a worker named Joel is a phone surveyor. He's one of those annoying people who calls you and asks questions for a living. He sat at his desk with his headset on and the phone ringing and ringing because nobody wanted to answer. Another employee walked up to him and said, Hey buddy, I'm Ray Ray. This must be the cool section. Am I right? I'm Joel and welcome to your first day in hell. That's Kelly over there and Billy next to her. Oh, and Penny's the old guy. Wow, who's that enchanting beauty with the light glistening on her? Oh, that's... Oh, crap, I got one! Hello, good morning, my name is Joel Johnson, and I'm calling from Dowd and McCauley Research in Littleton, Tennessee. We're interested in the products and services your household uses. Hello? Uh, hello? What are you doing, kid? Sit over there. Put a headset on and start calling people. The more calls you do, the more money you make. The boss guided X-Ray Ray over to a free cubicle and then walked back over to Joel. Joel, I pulled your call. There are some people from the SPI agency in the lobby that would like to speak to you about something. Joel got up from his desk and started to walk with his boss towards the lobby. You know, Joel, you can tell me anything. What did you do? I didn't do anything, Mr. Thompson. I'm like an introvert. I don't really go out and have adventures. All I need is a good comic book, TV show, tune, or even a silly podcast to listen to. Oh, and my cat Misty Mookie, and I'm, I'm good. I don't have a clue as to why those people are here. Joel's boss walked into his office. Joel walked through the hallway from the main floor, past the break room, and out into the lobby. He was greeted by a tall man with slicked back brown hair and a woman with blue eyes and long blonde hair. The woman stood silent next to her partner when the man said, Hi, my name's Adam. I promise I won't take too much of your time today. We're here to get you identified with the SPI. This is Ashley, my partner. One of us has metahuman abilities, and one doesn't. I hope you choose to find out which one of us does and which one of us doesn't. Personally, I like a good cat and mouse game. <laughs> Following along so far? Basically, our division is about superpowered investigations. Hence why we're called the SPI agents. <laughs> Get it? It's clever, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, what, you said I've been identified? But isn't that for people with abilities? I'm afraid I'm not one of those. You, you've got the wrong guy. I completely understand your hesitation, but the government has identified you as a person with abilities. We just want to know what your power is and collect a blood sample. It is mainly for if you create any damages to any property. Uh, the city? 
or the world, and that you're held accountable for the damage you cause. What about psychological damage? What, nothing? Both the government agents stared at Joel with a dumb look on their faces, as they were not impressed with his quick wit. It's really harmless. And I'll tell you what, if you cooperate, I'll tell your boss that we need you downtown. Even though we don't, and you can get out of work early today, and get paid for it. Sound good? I don't mean to give you guys a hard time, but who exactly from the government has identified me with abilities? I'm telling you what I just told my boss, okay? I'm an introvert. I stay home. I don't have a very exciting life, let alone freaking powered abilities. I understand. In some cases, we detect powers in individuals before they even know they have powers. We'll just leave the power identity part blank till you know what it is. I'll also leave my card, and you can just phone us up whenever you figure it out. But the boss said we have to stay and see if- mm, 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 mm. Shut up, Ashley. You shut up. I'm the one with the powers. <clears throat> now, Mr. Johnson, unfortunately, I still need to collect a blood sample no matter what. Is that cool? Sure, fine. Whatever. <sighs> Go ahead and take it. As quickly as Joel rolled up his sleep, the mysterious woman Ashley walked over and stabbed him in the arm with a syringe and would take his blood. Ow! What the heck? That isn't how you take someone's blood. What's really going on? Oh god, I, I can't see. Ow, son of a- I'm starting to get dizzy. Ash, help me stand him on his legs. Tell the receptionist you think he's having an allergic reaction eh, to something he ate, and we're going to bring him out to the hospital now. Ashley quickly turned around to the front desk and looked for the receptionist, but she was nowhere to be found. She said, The coast is clear. Hurry up. Bag him and tag him. The SBI agent Adam looked into Joel's eyes and said, It's going to be okay, broski. This happened a few times before. It's because your powers haven't fully manifested yet. But the good news is, at least they will now. And if they don't, well, let's just say the bad news is you may explode. Joel would be jolted awake, and he would say, I... I could... Joel would sneeze and disappear right out from the government agent's arms. And just as the receptionist got to her desk, he turned to Ashley and screamed, Ashley, never mind. Let's go now. They barged through the lobby doors outside, and Adam started looking all around. He couldn't have gotten far. I mean, he literally sneezed and just teleported. His power is new. You take the parking lot, I'll go out back. Call two times if you find him. Okay, I'm on it. Adam raced around to the back of the building as Ashley walked around to the parking lot. She would call like a bird every few seconds. Her ability was sonar, but for people with abilities. In the many years of her service, there wasn't many powered individuals that she couldn't find. She scurried around in between the cars in the parking lot, but would not see a thing. As she got to the edge of the lot, a vehicle would quickly start up and take off towards her. As the car raced towards Ashley, she would call two times at the ground. <coughs> On the second time, she would send herself flying into the air and do a cartwheel over the vehicle that was trying to run her over. When she landed on the ground, she would race over to her vehicle and get inside and start it up. Her partner, Adam, would come running into the parking lot and jump into the vehicle and they would head out. So I take it you found him. Which car is it? I'll shoot the tracker and disable it. White car, four up ahead. It's a Civic. 
Really? The getaway car is always a Civic. You're gonna make a left turn at the light, pull up on the left. I'll shut the car down with the tracker. So when I hop out of the car, pull out in front of him. Okay, got it. But I gotta ask, why the hell are you after this kid so hard, Adam? I mean, I've seen you let heroes get away with murder for the right reasons. What's the deal? Because it's my job. That's the deal. I'm calling bullshit. What do you know that I don't know? It's the boss. He's been waiting a long time for this one. Something to do with him and his past. I guess this guy saw something he shouldn't have seen. I don't know. The boss babbles on and on sometimes. I just know that we can't screw this up. They drove past Joel in his Honda Civic, and Adam would shoot it with a mini EMP. He quickly hopped out of his car and would run over to Joel's, but all of his windows would be up. Ashley would get out of her car and pull out her gun and aim it at Joel. This would cause an accident behind Joel's car, and others would flee away on foot and abandon their cars when they saw the gun. The rest of traffic would panic and flee through red lights. Adam grabbed Joel's door handle and tried to open up the door, but failed to do so as it was locked. Open the goddamn car, Joel. I'm taking you in. You're just too dangerous at this time. You gotta learn how to control your ability and responsibilities that comes with it. Screw you. I didn't even want this. I was fine until you inject me with that bullcrap. As far as I'm concerned, you did this to me, you asshat. Joel, settle down. Let me in. I just want to help you. But I can't do that if you don't pass your training. You'll be released back into society. Once you do. And if I don't? Well, for those that don't, they are dealt with accordingly. Joel shook his head no back and forth and started panning around the seats in his car, trying to reach for the headrest to use it as a weapon. As he did this, dust would rise from the seats from him not cleaning his car. Joel, what are you doing? Stop! What do I gotta do to convince you I'm on your side? <laughs> Joel would sneeze and disappear in the blink of an eye. Adam took out his gun and would smash the window of Joel's car. Traffic would be beeping at him till he smashed the window. Then everyone would start screaming and drive off chaotically. Adam would get into Joel's car and start driving, following Ashley. He would pull out his walkie-talkie and page her over it and say, Damn it, he got away. Clever bastard made himself sneeze to teleport. The boss is going to be pissed. He's foreseen as Joel person being a pain in his metal ass. I know, I know. Shut up for ten goddamn seconds. Damn it. I'm sorry. Do you sense him anywhere? No. And the more he figures out his abilities, the harder he's going to be to track. Hold up. Wait a second. I just found a piece of his mail. Let's try looking there next. If you're smart, you'll insert your ad now. We go back in time almost a hundred years from where we just were. We see a building with the call letters W-H-A-M on it. Inside the building are many cool things such as a radio station, a cryogenics lab, and even a food court, as well as many other things. Inside the radio station, we see a tall man with little hair on top of his head and a lot poofed out over the sides. He wore a spider guy t-shirt and khakis and adjusted his glasses as he stood at the microphone reading something. There was also another man who was short and stocky and wore a very nice Armani suit. His jacket on his suit would be open and underneath would be a Black Sabbath t-shirt. He had a big smile from ear to ear and a head full of hair. Next to him stood a tall blonde woman with tan skin and green eyes. She smelled like Trezor perfume and looked as good as she smelled, even in a pantsuit. 
The three of them, Thomas, Morty, and Chloe, would be reading a podcast called The Rogue Defenders. They would all be heavily engrossed in their work that no one would notice a flash occur from the outside of the radio booth. From within the flash, we see Joel emerge out of thin air and teleport from the future to the past. He falls to the ground but quickly gets up and looks around in a panic. He can tell that everything around looks like it's dated from an old TV show. Joel sees a newspaper and picks it up from a nearby coffee table. He reads the date aloud and realizes he's traveled back in time. He hears the three voices off in the distance talking and goes to check it out. But he hides in the shadows as he listens. Across the universe, Joel would wake up inside of a studio. Wait, 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 wait. No, stop, stop. We changed it, remember? It's somewhere back in time. And don't say studio, say, um, recording studio. Oh, come on, Thomas. That's like the eighth change today. Oh, did you just want to do this? No, 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 Morty, you're doing great. Is there like a problem or something? What's bothering you? I feel like you're holding back a little bit. Yes, I'm holding back from hitting you. Huh? What did you say, buddy? Nothing, nothing. I'm just really interested in this story that you said you had specifically for me. Do you think I could see it? Good luck. He won't even show me the stories. What do you guys want from me? I'm very protective of my writings. These things are going to happen one day in the future. I'm sorry, Morty. I can't lend you the stories. I'm afraid I trashed it. What? I'm out. I'll see you later, Thomas. I'm not buying your bullshit anymore. Damn it, Morty, come back. I still want you to be a part of this experience. We're making history and possibly changing it. Don't you want to be a part of that? I would love to be a part of that. Just not your version of it. You have it all wrong, Thomas. I don't know what I was thinking. You freaking lost your mind. I'm out later. Fine, I don't even need you. I'll do it all myself. And you can start talking normal than in that stupid robotic voice. Everything's just gonna be perfect. Are you okay, Thomas? Why is that, honey buns? Because it's just how I foresaw it. We must record the events not just to entertain people of our time, but to warn the people of the future of what is to come. You really think that half the world will evolve at some point in a hundred years, and the human race gains superpowers? Like, come on. It's 2022. We've seen lots of crazy things, but I doubt we'll ever see that. Yes, I truly think what I have seen will come to fruition. You wait and see. I'll convince you when the time is right. But as for now, if we don't do our job, then the human population could be wiped out. It doesn't look like much time has passed, but I can't be clear. All I have ever seen is visions. Random clustered images of different things happening and different people with different powers. Oh my god, Thomas, are you okay? It's okay, honey. You're okay. I'm here, and you're gonna be fine. Thanks, Chloe. Ugh, I'm fine. I don't know if these random events are five, thirty. They could even be a hundred years away. But it is gonna happen. So these podcast stories are gonna help the rogue defenders save the world? But what if they get damaged, lost, or stolen? I'll have to find a way to protect the written copies just in case the audio files get destroyed. You know... I almost wish you didn't say that, because sometimes I feel like I have the ability to say things, or hear people say things, and then it happens. So you think you have superpowers? <laughs> I think you're being paranoid. I don't know, maybe. So going back to what we were just saying, I always thought you pulled the stories from memory. It's better than the other spots I could be pulling it out of, am I right? <laughs> like my butt? 
But seriously, Chloe, it all started with that party I told you about when I was in college. There was a woman named Connie that was creating black holes in the living room for entertainment. I thought she was just really into magic at the time. Or maybe I was just really drunk. Maybe you were drunk and she was really into magic. Ever think of that? <laughs> Chloe, I swear I could see the world of the Rogue Defender so clearly at times. But it's just blurry fragments of places and muffled conversations with a glowing beam of light or like a sneezing time traveler. One time a robot guy killed me and I woke up gasping for air. That sucked. You know what's weird is that I don't think I've ever had a conversation in my dream, or at least one I remember. That's weird, Thomas. The glowing individual in my dream warned me that the world's coming to an end, but I don't remember how they said it was coming to an end. Yeah, okay, babe. Come on, your throat has got to be getting scratchy. How much more do you have to record? Not much left. Six pages. Six pages? So, about ten minutes? This is just the beginning. There are so many more stories to record. The first hero and villain shall be documented, even if it doesn't happen, for some time now. The first episode releases in about five minutes on the internet. I didn't have the heart to tell Morty, but the episode I was going to use him in is kind of already done. I was hoping to make him the narrator now, but that kind of didn't work out. But what about the story of a man that got shocked by thunder and... And what? Becoming a 50-foot black cloud that ate a town? <laughs> yeah, I know all about it. It's preposterous. Oh, yeah? Then how do you explain the 50 people missing from the town? <laughs> um, did you... did you hear someone sneeze? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. Now go check out that scary sound. It could be proof that the story we're about to tell is real. I'd be delighted to. Hello, mysterious sneezing person. You can come out now. We know you're there. We heard you sneeze. Morty? Joel? Come on out. Joel teleported away as Thomas peered from around the corner. We see Joel floating inside of a room of all white as far as the eyes can see. He thought to himself, It seemed as if every time I sneeze, I, I transported myself through time and space. But where am I going now and why? A blue portal would emerge and Joel would come floating down from within the air and hit the ground. We see Joel appear back in his own time. Uh, what the hell is going on? I wonder what life's trying to tell me. He looked all over, and he didn't have a clue as to where he was. He wandered the street until he came across a paper and read the date on it. Whew, okay, I think I'm back to normal now. Man, was that weird. I wonder what those people were doing. Saying they had to make something to warn people of the future? Damn, what was the name of that thing? Fudge! I can only remember seeing a yellow duck. Joel walked around for a little bit and realized he was back in his hometown of Tennessee. He walked the streets to get home. As he wandered the streets, he came across a bank that flashed the date, time, and temperature outside of it. When he finally arrived, he walked inside of his home and plopped himself down on the couch to relax. He closed his eyes and covered himself up with a blanket. His cat would meow and make her way over and get cozy with him, and quickly they would fall asleep. No. This this can't be. I, I can't really have power, can I? Hmm. If I can teleport, I wonder what else I can do. Joel would nap for two hours before he would awake refreshed. His cat would carry on for some food and he would feed her as he tried to make his power work. But it wouldn't work. He grunted and strained and would try anything but would ultimately end up pooping himself. Really? Oh come on, man! I think I popped a blood vessel in my brown eye! After cleaning himself up, he tried anything again to make his powers work. After many failed attempts, he thought of what he had done in the first place when it had worked. Hmm, let's see. 
first time I got dizzy and lightheaded and I transported from the lobby at work to my car in the parking lot. The second time I was looking to grab the head restraint as a weapon and I was teleported away. Hmm. There doesn't seem to be any connection between the two. Hey, wait a minute. What if sneezing was what activated my power? Joe went over to the kitchen table and grabbed the pepper shaker. He went to shake it under his nose when he stopped and thought aloud. Wait, okay, let's say I can teleport, and the sneezing somehow works it. How do I navigate where to go? The first time I felt sick and I just wanted to get my car and drive home. The second time was... Agents Adam and Ashley barged into his house, and Joel would shake the pepper shaker underneath his nose and teleport away just in the nick of time, as Agent Ashley had discharged her weapon in his direction. Damn it! He was just here. He must have just teleported away. Look around! Search the apartment. The drink over here is cold. That wasn't there this morning when we checked. He's been here. What's missing? Anything? Get your gun out and set it to stun, not kill. Chill out, you idiot. He's gone. Plus, I don't sense him anymore, and nothing's missing. Weird, right? Every single time, a traveler has always come back to collect things. A very special value of them. But this one hasn't. So weird. What do we do next? Destroy this apartment. Inside out. I don't want him to have a base to return to. And if and when he does, we'll be waiting for him to bring him to the boss. <laughs> Adam walked out of the door and Ashley did as she was ordered. She trashed his place so all of his things would be destroyed and lost forever. The landlord would emerge and start screaming. Hey, what the hell do you think you're doing? I own this building and me and my tenant have rights. Here's some cash. That should cover the damages. And I need you to do one favor for me. Oh, uh, what's that? Whenever Joel Johnson returns... You need to call me at this number, and if I find out he was here, and you failed to tell me, I'll fuck your life up more than I did this apartment. You understand? Here's my card. We'll be in touch. Damn it! Stupid Andrew man sending us on this wild goose chase. Shut up! He's everywhere, and he can hear you. I was just going to say, I know this time traveler will appear again, and when he does, we're going to be waiting for him and watch him. You know, I wonder where that little bastard keeps disappearing off to. You know, Ashley, I began to wonder that myself. Joel would reappear in the past, but this time nobody would be around. He would see a man tossing and turning back and forth in his sleep, restlessly. Great, because this isn't creepy at all, watching an old guy I don't know sleep. He would be inside of a house that he'd never been in before. As he looked all around, the sleeping man would spring up from his sleep and mutter, Morty, android, no, he's gonna... He would wake up and write something down in a journal next to his bed. Joel walked over to read it, but he would not be able to see the writings on the paper. After the man finished jotting something down into his mysterious book, he turned to Joel and looked him in the face and said, Hello, my time-traveling friend. It's good to see you. My name's Thomas. What? Wait, you can see me? I'm not invisible? Like, what you're writing? Yes and no. Yes, I can see you. You're not invisible. And no, you're not a ghost either. I'm writing facts about my future, but you're present. It's good that you have finally found me. It means that what I've wrote will actually come true after all. Huh? What? So your book is like magic? Kind of. Only the blood of a hero can transcribe the work of the literature. It contains knowledge to help the future heroes, the rogue defenders, fight off the fear monster and other villains such as Android Man and his Alpha Prime. I don't know what this means. I'm a real person with my own thoughts and feelings. Not some literature. I'm just your average ordinary guy. Nothing special about me. I'm no hero. Hmm, interesting. You say nothing special about you, but look at your clothes, Joel. Your power. Those are interesting things amongst themselves. I guess, but what does that matter? It matters. You're special to me, as I've dreamt about this moment and dreaded it long enough. So you're gonna help me? 
the government gave me a superpower, and now I can't stop traveling around randomly through time. No, you got it wrong. It was written that you would find me. These have not been random time jumps into the past. It's how it's all been written. Every hero, every villain's story must start from somewhere. Why not start at a exciting part? I'm sorry if you've had a rough start, but you must find the podcast I created. It's the only way to stop... <laughs> That, or find this journal. To stop who? It went all static there for a second. Listen to me. I don't know how much time I have. You have to find the podcast and listen to it. It will explain everything. Hopefully you can find it before everything begins. It's about superheroes from my future, which should be your present. Look for the yellow ducky. It's the badge of a hero. Okay, find the podcast. So what's the name of it? A mysterious figure in a long purple robe and a hood pulled over their head would emerge, crashing through the doors. <laughs> it's about time I found you, my old friend. You might not recognize me from the last time we've seen each other, but I assure you, we know each other. I'm actually here to take you out, and I don't mean to dinner. You know, by doing so, I happen to save the world. Joel, find the podcast. I'll take care of this broken robot. Thomas walked away from Joel and said, The sides of good and evil are just one's point of view. I know how this goes. You try, you fail. I've already written and recorded it all. You're too late, Morty. Go, kid, now! Yes, the rogue defenders. There wasn't a story in there about me. Where are you hiding it? No, it can't be. My dream was true. It really is you, but how? You know how. <laughs> Thomas ran towards the scary villain like a hero screaming himself. As he got to him, he would rip off his cloak and reveal an individual that was half man and half robot. The android man would take control of the electrical things from around the room and absorb their power. He would release a shockwave of electricity through the air that would hit Thomas and sent him flying backwards. As he flew, Joel screamed, But what's the name of the podcast? Joe would go flying backwards into the air when the shockwave hit him. As he was flying towards a mounted deer's head on the wall, Thomas noticed that Joel would be impaled by the dealer's antlers and quickly said, The strange visitor from the future sneezed and returned safely back to his time, but now he understood how his power worked. The back of Joel's clothes would rip, touching the antlers, but he would disappear right as he was about to collide with the mounted buck's head on the wall. Thomas would get up off the ground and say, Stop this, Morris! Please! I don't want to have to do this! But if you force my hand, I will! You used to be a good person! What the hell happened? No! I will have my revenge! Morty was a good person, but he's dead now! And I'm the android man. I've already released a virus into your punk-ass story and ruined it. Now your precious heroes will never get the message. Face it, Thomas. You wanted a villain for your story. Now you got one. You know what, washing machine? I've had enough. You talk too much. I should pay more attention to your surroundings. I was hoping you would come to your senses, but I've been waiting for you for a long time. This is how it's always been foretold in the book. The book? Where is it? Morty died because of you. You killed him for the pages that I stole. It was all happening as Thomas had written it, but there was much more to the story than this. Thomas hurried up and pushed two buttons on his watch, and then ran towards the android man and gave him a bear hug. Thomas clung his hands together as he wrapped his arms around the android man and said, I just hope the kid can find the... 
The bomb exploded, and the villain android man would go flying into the air. It wouldn't be long before the news of the government would show up to investigate what had happened. The government would grab the half-man, half-machine, and try to figure out what he was, as they'd never seen anything like this. Thomas's body would never be found, and he would be presumed dead. Job would return back to the present from the past. As he was transported, he would land on the ground and looked around, and realized he just so happened to be in front of his own apartment. He ran inside and unlocked the door, but as he looked all around, he would see that it had gone from neat and tidy to destroyed. What the fuck? No, 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 no. My cat! My things? My collectibles, all ruined. Wait, something weird happened here. It looks like it was only my apartment, not the whole complex? But who would do such a thing? Wait, unless it's those government morons. Yeah, yeah, I bet they mess with my place and are gonna register me and make me pay for the damages. Those clever bastards. The door to Joel's apartment would whip open and the government agents, Adam and Ashley, would run through the door and scream. Hurry up, shoot him. I told you he would come back. I'm right behind you. Move, bitch. Get out of the way. I don't have a shot. A shot would be fired, and Joel would turn around and see the bullet right between his eyes. It was about to enter the back of his head if he didn't stop time. Oh, shit. Wait a second. Did I just stop time? What did the crazy guy tell me in the vision quest? Find the podcast. It's about the superheroes. And look for the ducky? Crap. I, I don't remember. You know, I think I'm going to have a little fun with this. Then I'll look for that podcast. With time stopped, Joe walked into the kitchen and grabbed pots and pans, and he would put one on Ashley's head. Next, he would duct tape two cushions from the sofa, one on her front and one on her back. He then would sit her down and take a massage wand and drop it on her lap. Next was Adam. Hmm, he needs a pulp hat for starters. Oh, and you know what else would look great on him? Mm, I'm thinking a giant adult diaper. And, uh, some sparkly titty tassels, maybe? Oh, and I have one of these, like, uh, these sports foam finger things. That You look great in that. Joel thought to himself, so he went outside and grabbed a newspaper and made the hat. Next, Joel pierced Adam's right ear with one of Ashley's earrings. He tied Adam's shoelaces together and decided that he needed a makeover. He went from your average-looking guy to having mascara and eyes that looked like a clown and lips that would match it. He put red circles on Adam's cheeks that made him resemble resemble a Pikachu. Joel turned around and laughed, and he wondered how much longer he could keep time suspended for. He would begin to feel a sniffle in his nose, and he would go and wipe it and realize that it was blood. He had one more final thing left to do, and that was to leave a note. He cut the message up from different clippings of newspapers and magazines that he had lying around. The note read, <laughs> Catch me if you can. He dusted off his hands by slapping them against one another and said, Okay, that should take care of those bozos for a hot minute. Now, off to find the podcast, and I think I know just the place. Just about as Joel was to teleport away, out of the corner of his eye, he would see his cat, alive and well, and go over and pick her up. Next to the cat would be a pepper shaker, and he would grab that as well. He brought it up to his nose, and would shake it, and sneeze, and time would unfreeze. He would disappear holding his gray, long-haired cat, and Adam would go and walk forward and fall over his tied shoelaces. Ashley would moan in excitement before she realized what was really going on. Ugh, son of a bitch. This guy's good. Ashley, help me up. I said help me up. Get this thing off me. Oh boy, um, I'm gonna need a moment. Wait, why is this carpet all wet? Joe was no longer in the past, present, or future. He didn't know where he was, but he felt safe here. 
He released the gray cat from his arms, and she explored all around. From watching the cat, Joel would come to the conclusion that he was in some kind of tub spear. He sat on the ground and his kitty cozied up on his lap and got comfy and took a nap. He pulled out his phone and would search endlessly on the internet, looking for a clue from anywhere, but he wouldn't be successful. When he was just about to quit, after hours of searching, he found a new story and clicked it. The article played a video. Hello, and good evening, everyone. I'm a mandatory hug with this breaking news story. Podcast creator and WHAM WAMP radio owner, Thomas passed away tonight in a freak blast at his house. Police and firemen think it was a gas leak. But that's just speculation at this point. Some might know Thomas for his podcast stories of Wham Radio, Tales of Algonquin City, and the ever-so-popular Rogue Defenders. A weird body was also recovered from the scene, and police are baffled. It is said to be half-man, half-machine. We'll bring you more on this story as it develops at 11. Oh no you won't. We're taking over, and this is a classified case. Yeah, well I have the right to the Fourth Amendment, jackass. You have the right- in the video, we see a government agent confiscate her tape and camera. Joel looked, but there was no follow-up at 11. He opened up a new tab on his web browser and would search the newswoman's name, but would find that she would be found dead weeks later of a heart attack. Joel opened up another tab on his phone and would Google the Rogue Defenders podcast. He would see the little yellow ducky and click it, but the files would be corrupted and be unable to play. This is when his phone would die. Crap. I need to think of how I can get power to this place. I guess it's time for me to return back to the present. But wait a minute. What am I going to do? I don't think I have a home anymore? A job? The only safe spot here is with Misty. I know, cutie. I have a million questions that need to be answered, like, why was I given these powers? What the hell does this podcast have to do with anything? I'm going to really have to practice my power now that I understand that I can manipulate time and space. Oh, yeah? I'm hungry too, Mook. I need a cell charger and to get a litter box for you. Crap. I have no money. I might have to borrow these things from a chain store. Good thing they all shut down at midnight. Okay, next I should charge my phone. I might be able to do that at the community college for a few hours. Then, I'll go to the fast food place and finish up. After that, I should be able to find someone to decode these broken audio files. Listen and find out what I need to. And then get the questions answered. I just hope it doesn't mean getting busted by the SPI. Okay, you have a plan now. It's time to execute. He pulled the pepper shaker from his pocket and shook it underneath his nose and sneezed. <laughs> He thought of Walmart and ended up in the parking lot of one. Alright, it worked! I thought of a place and when I sneezed, I was brought here! Shibby! Okay, now that I'm at Walmart, but where the hell am I? This isn't my Walmart! Joe wandered through the parking lot and observed the license plates and noticed that most of them said New York. He walked inside and headed over to the electronics section and was being watched hard by an associate as he grabbed a cell phone charger. He would pick up speed and walk to the back corner of the section of the store. He quickly pulled out the pepper shaker and shook it underneath his nose to transport himself to the food part of the store. The employee that was eyeballing him would follow him to the back corner. But when the worker got there, he would see that Joel had disappeared. The employee looked all over freaked out before he said, Damn Walmart don't pay me enough to deal with some of this shit. Over in the food section, Joel filled his pockets up. He then went to the front of the store to the self-checkout and checked everything out. He peeped himself as he scanned the items. Next, he would pull a receipt out from his pocket that he grabbed from the parking lot. He would click the cancel his order button after he quote-unquote scanned everything and walked towards the exit. 
He held the receipt up in the air as a line of customers walked towards the Walmart greeter to get their receipt checks. He stood and ripped open the cell phone charger as he got through the door and into the parking lot. He shoved the charger into his pocket with the stolen food and items and threw the trash on the ground. The security alarm would go off as he walked nonchalantly into the parking lot and in between two cars and two security guards would come running out of the store. They ran up to the spot to which they saw him disappear to, but when the rent-a-cops got to the spot, they would check underneath the car and all around and looked inside the cars and searched the parking lot, but he would be nowhere to be found. The one guard yelled to the other guard, Where the hell did that little bastard go? Joe returned to the safety of his time sphere. He noticed that one of the episodes of the Rogue Defenders was a corrupted and got excited to play and listen to it. It would be the first episode. As he listened to it, he would come to this part and not believe what he was hearing. He had said to himself as the podcast said the same thing, so that's how I stopped time and teleported. When Thomas died, he gave me the knowledge to understand how it works. I still need a little tweaking, but I think I'm good. It's weird that the story I'm listening to is coming to life right here before my very own eyes. But I, I don't understand how it's possible when this was made so, so very long ago. Damn, it sucks every time I find a piece of the puzzle. It's never the piece I'm looking for. Joel would zone out for a moment and not pay attention to the podcast anymore. His brain would begin to hurt and a vision would be flashed before his eyes. He would see an android man, a girl who could control water, a teenager with a question mark on his shirt, an old man that had pennies in his hand, and a glowing rainbow individual would appear. The time spear would go from a yellow calm to a dark red providence of fear. Hello, is there anybody out there? Help me! You must find me! I fear I'm the next target in the war that is coming. I've sent you this message through the astral plane. We don't have much time left. Go to New York City now! The prism-looking individual would disappear, and Joel would emerge back into his time sphere with a silent yellow calm all over. He closed his eyes once again. His thought was, Come on, you stupid power! Teleport me to where I... I... When Joel opened up his eyes, he looked all around, and he was in some big city. He appeared in a crowd on a sidewalk, but nobody was in a hurry to get to where they needed to go, and nobody had noticed him pop out of nowhere. Everybody here looks like a droid with a phone in their hand. How weird that nobody noticed me appear out of thin air. As soon as Joel finished his sentence, a loud... And a window shattered from above and glass would fall down on his head. All of a sudden, the crowd would move in a hustle, but Joel froze in terror where he was. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. A glowing prism person that had just appeared in his vision. Take flight and disappear into the distance of the sun rays of the sky. Joel muttered to himself. Holy shit! Did I just see that thing fly? Holy shit! Did I just see that thing fly, man? Joe walked away confused as the guy mumbled and looked at his watch. It lit up and read, Beep! Teleportation. Hmm, that's a great power to mimic. Thanks, stranger. And here, I thought I was going to get to fly. Well, maybe tomorrow. Great. How am I supposed to find a rainbow glowing person amongst nine million people? Joe wandered the street, not knowing of the dangers that lied ahead. But what he did know was that he had questions and somebody out there was going to have the answer. He knew he had one thing going for him. His newfound power meant that he had time on his side.